Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And I'd love for you to get my Sense of Soul Empowerment Guide, The Three Ways of Navigating Your Way to More Peace, Positivity, and Personal Power. You can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. And hopefully you'll be willing to and wanting to come into our Light Medicine community as well, which is a newish community on this app called Circle. We actually love it. It's sort of like Facebook without all the censoring. <laughs> um, so super, super cool. We get to chat about energy healing and light and um, we have monthly mini healings and like free events and things like that and, and it's just building uh, day by day and we're absolutely in love with our new community there, the Light Medicine community. So you can check that out at uh, KarenCan.com forward slash community. And today I have a very special guest. Now, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Hess, uh, we got to know each other on Facebook, actually. Um, and uh, I noticed she was liking some of my stuff that I was posting. Uh, some of the, uh, let's just say, more controversial things that I was posting. I'm like, oh, I got to get to know this this gal. <laughs> so we got on a chat together. I found out that um, uh, that she specializes in children with disabilities, specifically Downs, and she's also worked with people with uh, children with autism and uh, with ADHD diagnoses, and we were talking about energy healing, and uh, she's actually launching a book pretty soon this year. We're super excited about that. So um, today we decided we were going to talk about easy energy healing with kids uh, who have uh, disabilities. And um, I think this is a really, really great topic. We haven't had someone talk about that specifically. I know in my personal practice uh, before I retired in my acupuncture practice, uh, I saw children with, um, not a lot, but I saw children with uh, diagnosis of ADHD, uh, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, which is relatively new in that age group, um, and autism. And what I personally experienced was that all of these children were highly sensitive, empathic, beautiful souls who actually are very, very gifted, but our society doesn't really recognize the gifts. And so if they're placed into an institution, into a regular school, that kind of thing, uh, they're not really supported to um, you know, hone these gifts, and in fact, they can be potentially ignored or uh, harmed even uh, by by our system because it doesn't really support them. And so, super excited to talk to Dr. Elizabeth uh, today about uh, easy energy healing um, for kids with disabilities. Now. Um, she has been a holistic chiropractor, nutritionist, and uh, actually um, works with her pastoral science and medicine credentials in the realms of energy healing with a very strong focus on chronic mystery illnesses and, of course, like I said, children with special needs. And um, she has a big emphasis in her practice working with uh, children with Down's syndrome and supporting others at the genetic and epigenetic level. So it's not just about energy healing. She also does work on kind of like the biological stuff, you know, hacking the genes and things like that, which is super, super cool. And she has over two decades of experience with a very wide and eclectic array of energy healing modalities, including autonomic release, sorry, autonomic response testing, ART, uh, quantum neurology, corn specific technique, holistic methylation, homeopathy, herbal remedies, including embryonic phytotherapy, Therapy, essential oils, crystals, flower essences, radionics, and other quantum field energy modalities, phototherapy, 
emotional release healing modalities, family constellation therapy, and numerous kinesiology techniques. She's also written several protocols in the Pendulum Healing Certification Program, including an open heart surgery and recovery program for children with Down syndrome, and a protocol to help those injured by vaccinations. She routinely writes programs for her patients based on her, their own specific challenges, health challenges and goals. Uh, and this can be done face-to-face, -face, uh, as Dr. Elizabeth uh, has an office, or as distant remote healing and support. Um, she actually offers free healing transmission via her YouTube channel and is now doing group healing sessions, which can be utilized for the individual, friends, and family whoever it is in need of hope and support. And uh, you can actually reach her at her email, experiencehealth at AOL.com. So it's experiencehealth at AOL.com. And also her website, she has several, but we'll, we'll just name one today, uh, loveandlightalchemy.com. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful name. I love that um, domain name, loveandlightalchemy.com. So Dr. Elizabeth, hi, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and talk about something that we don't hear too much about That's in right. the alternative and energy healing circles. So I'm very excited to add to that conversation. Yes, yes. I think it's so important for people like yourselves with that kind of experience to really share your wisdom and get it out there because uh, uh, it just isn't talked about, like you said. Uh, and sometimes when we just do what everybody else does, uh, our children can suffer. And so tell us a little bit about how you got into all this stuff. I mean, you're multi-credentialed here. So <laughs> yeah. how'd you get into healing? How'd you get into chiropractic? How'd you get into, you know, working with Down syndrome children and the autism, ADHD, etc.? Well, I initially got onto this path at age 16 when I was involved in a pretty serious car accident mm -hmm. and was injured quite extensively and was pretty much told by the medical profession that I was never going to get better, or the other thing that I was told was that I was faking it oh, uh, because I didn't have an answer for the various symptoms I was experiencing. And I did go see a chiropractor, several chiropractors, and they were always the ones that were like, no, you, this is what's wrong. This mm. is how we help support you. Your body has a God-given innate intelligence, and what we're going to do is help unleash that innate intelligence so that the body can heal itself. So that was the beginning aspect of getting on this road. And even through chiropractic school, I was taking lots and lots of seminars, and most of them revolved around muscle testing and energy healing techniques like NET, neuroemotional technique. I was just... I was just fascinated, even though I liked the more traditional chiropractic stuff as well, the different adjusting techniques. Uh, in chiropractic philosophy, the very tenets of it are that issues in the body, like subluxations in the body, misalignments in the body, can be caused from thoughts, toxins, and trauma. And a lot of times as chiropractors, they focus on the trauma or the physical body aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But for me, I always was very interested in the whole toxin element as well as the thought element. So I just love to learn. I love to learn new things. And most of the time, I'm able to integrate new teachings pretty easily and start applying them. So I just took a lot of seminars. One of my early 
mentors was Dietrich Klinghart, who also has oh, a lot yeah. of... I know. Oh, yeah. Me, <laughs> we, we just had lunch a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we go, we go way back. Wow. Um, but Dietrich was one of my early teachers. I went to mm-hmm. one of his seminars right when I very first got out of school and opened my practice. Nice. And that's where I learned ART. And then he also has yep. several other kinesiology-based energy healing techniques as well. And, uh, yeah, and at that time in Dietrich's career is when he started seeing a lot of children with autism. So mm-hmm. as one of his kind of main doctors, um, I also started seeing children with autism because he'd refer cases to me and right. things like that, have me work on kids. And so, so, yeah, for a long time I was really focusing a lot on autism, and, of course, we were looking at a lot of the more – biomedical pieces of it, you know, the vaccine injury, the gut stuff, restoring the microbiome, trying to calm down inflammation in the brain and balance neurotransmitters and things like that. And uh, I did that for a very long time, Mm -hmm. very long time. And then I became pregnant with my second child, my son, Connor. And he was born. And two weeks after his birth, we found out he has Down syndrome. Mm. So I was like, okay, here we go. What's, mm-hmm. what's this about? <laughs> <laughs> and it was very, very interesting because so over the last 20 or so years, you know, there's been a lot in the field, in the consciousness about what's going on with autism at the physical level for sure, you know, and biomedical protocols have and functional medicine protocols have really gained steam in the autism community. Yes. It's a little bit of a different story in the Down syndrome community. And for me, after working with autism for so long and seeing lots of great gains and restoration of function and things like that, I I was just like, okay, so like where's all this for Down syndrome? And it took me weeks to find stuff like on Facebook. Wow. And I, so I was kind of like, wow, Down syndrome kind of is like where autism was 20 so 20 some years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is, is, the, is because it's truly a genetic issue mm-hmm. and not like how autism has been tried to have been pawned off kind of as a genetic issue when <laughs> it's like, okay, we'll name the gene that's causing autism. (laughs) Down syndrome is a legit genetic issue. Uh, Down syndrome is three copies of chromosome number 21. So that's the other name for it is trisomy 21. And that extra chromosome has thousands of genes on it that are fully expressing and making protons and uh, proteins and enzymes that are then influencing the whole rest of the biochemistry. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a biochemical beast. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. a big one. Um, And it truly is a genetic disorder, but that does not mean we still can't do things to enhance the physical, the biochemical, all of the different levels of our being. And luckily, I finally was able to find a group that was working on Down syndrome with nutrition and natural remedies. And I got hooked in with them and kind of got up to speed on the biochemistry and what we're doing to support biochemistry. 
But what was interesting to me is in these groups, even though they were using nutrition, there still wasn't a lot of talk about diet. There wasn't much talk about vaccines and hmm. things like there still isn't much talk about EMFs and these other silent but hmm. very impactful things that affect children. Okay, and but can you back you up said, just a sec on just sure. one piece? You said uh, even though there was, they, were, they were addressing nutrition, they weren't addressing diet. So can you just tell us what the difference is? Well, they were using like supplements. Give your kids oh. some D, give your kids some vitamins, do this. But they weren't saying, and most kids would benefit from a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, soy-free, GMO-free, dye-free, ah. that type of thing. Okay, got it, got it. Thank you for Yeah, yeah. So, so many, if, if you have a child or have worked with children with what we call a disability, um, and you're energetically sensitive yourself, you, you know, you can tell that they are very energetically sensitive, very empathic, very intuitive. Mm -hmm. Now, they may not be able to express what they're feeling, sensing, seeing, either verbally or in other ways that we understand, but it's, it's there, and you, you start to realize this. And when I first got into the Down syndrome community, like hardly anybody had heard of muscle testing, Hmm. or any of this other wackadoodle wow. stuff. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. So <laughs> over the last eight years, you know, I've been trying to bring to the Down syndrome community a, a different and alternative perspective and start mm. teaching the community at large about all of these other factors that are not only helpful and necessary for their child's health, but it's for everybody's health. We all need to be working on our toxin exposure, maximizing our detoxification, eating nourishing foods and drinking good water, um, mitigating EMFs, you know, practicing energy hygiene techniques as well mm -hmm. as just regular physical body stuff. So I've been working on bringing that conversation to the mainly Down syndrome community because it's very impactful for them. They are very, as a general rule, most of the kids I've worked with are very energetically sensitive. Mm -hmm. And because many children with Down syndrome have trouble with speech or are completely averbal, what will come up many times if there's an energetic imbalance or an imbalance in their body may be something at the physical level, like a rash or an issue with their digestive system or frequent illness, but it also can come up and things like what we call behaviors. Mm -hmm. And that's always a big topic. Once your child tends to reach a certain age, um, these behaviors come out. And the sweet, loving child baby with Down syndrome now all of a sudden is much more obstinate and stubborn and pushing back or refusing and many times that is a big shock to parents. It is. As, as to why their beautiful, sweet angel is now this way. And I think there's many reasons for that. And there's actually been books written about the behavior of children and teens with Down syndrome. It's that big of a thing. <laughs> wow. 
But the thing is, is that for me, this is not always um, a biochemical thing. Sometimes it could be if their biochemistry is not being supported optimally for their particular body and they do have issues with endocrine imbalances or neurotransmitter balances or their gut's hurting or something, then sure, obviously that will come out as behaviors. But if those things aren't factors, then we got to start looking at some of the other levels, looking at emotions and looking at their energy bodies as well. Because being much more energetically sensitive, and I kind of feel that people with Down syndrome kind of, uh, they have their own unique vibration that they bring to the planet. And that's also true for children with autism as well, I would say. But for me, the experience with Down syndrome, I almost feel like that third chromosome is almost like an antenna to help anchor a different type of vibration that they bring towards the planet. Mm -hmm. Because even though these children have these behavior issues sometimes, and let me tell you, this is my child included, (laughs) Um, they still, even when they're making you want to tear your hair out, are still like the most, they just bring a certain vibration of love that I just have Mm. never experienced outside of Down syndrome. Wow. So, you know, the thing with kids with many different types of special needs, and especially with kids with Down syndrome, is that because of some of their challenges of having the neurology of Down syndrome, they're not able to express themselves well. Their expressive language tends to be delayed at best, or oftentimes absent. Many children with Down syndrome also have a diagnosis of apraxia, which is a motor planning issue with speech. And so they have a hard time telling us what's going on. But one thing is that they absolutely take in and understand far more than we tend to give them credit for. And even being the parent of a child with Down syndrome, I'm guilty of that repeatedly. And So they understand a lot more of what's going on and take it in, even though they're not able to express to us what they know. So when you're not able to speak effectively, some of the ways this will, imbalances and issues will manifest will be through behavior. Right. So if a child with Down syndrome is like refusing to go to school, we need to look at what's going on. What is the underlying thing going on there? Because it's probably not they're just being stubborn and obstinate and difficult. There's something going on that's now creating this behavior because I would say as a general rule, many children with Down syndrome are very flexible and adaptable and go with the flow. But up to a point, you know, there'll be a point for each person where they're like, okay, look, this is enough. So what's going on in the school environment? Um, it could be issues going on with teachers. It could be issues going on with other kids. Right. It could be that they're overwhelmed. You know, everything mm-hmm. for people with Down for for people with Down syndrome. I would say that many times their experience is that everything around them is going so fast, so fast, and there's so much that they have to keep up with between what they're seeing visually, what they're hearing auditorily, 
what they're expected to do, being able to make transitions quickly, you know, okay class, do this, put this away, grab this, do this, and we're going to transition to this. For people with Down syndrome, those types of things are stressful and cause a lot of anxiety and lack of self-confidence. And I feel one of the gifts, at least with my son, is that because of what we call a challenge with being able to adapt to a faster-paced world and being able to transition quickly, and things need to go slower for him. And what that does is it teaches me to slow down and be more present in the moment and to not just be thinking about what the next 10 things I need to do is. But he forces me forces me to really slow down, take a breath, be present in the moment. And so that is a really beautiful Mm -hmm. gift of having a child with Down syndrome. But many times if their environment is not supportive for them and these things aren't taken into account, you know, they're just rushed and they have all these expectations or they feel the energy of people not having expectations for them. They feel the energy of people kind of writing them off. Um, Well, this kid has Down syndrome. They're never going to be able to do this or this or this or this. I believe they feel all that as well. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, they'll adapt to a point until they can't or Mm -hmm. are fed up with it. And so then we can start seeing manifestations through physical stuff or emotional stuff or behavioral stuff. So one of the things I like to really teach my patients is energy healing with their children with Down syndrome because we want to provide as many tools for the parents and for the child as possible to help work on all of the levels of the body. You know, as you talk about physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically, spiritually, dimensionally, and relationally, We want to provide insight and education so they can start recognizing these different levels of the body and give tools to both the parents and to the kids so that they can start feeling more empowered. I would say many children with Down syndrome feel disempowered because they do need a lot more help and support. And we, as parents of parents of children with special needs you know we have to there's a lot more energetic and physical involvement Uh, we have to do more for our kids you know help them with tasks of daily living that you know other kids figured out how to do long ago there's just a lot more involvement and they have a lot of uh, sometimes they have experiences where they have a lot of disempowering things happen to them. Many children with Down syndrome will have something like a heart defect or some type of issue with the gut where the gut is not connected and so you have to have an emergency surgery to connect the tubes of the gut. My son had open heart surgery when he was three months old. So, you know, they're thrust into this very intense environment with tons of doctor's appointments, tons of procedures being done to them. So there can be a lot of medical trauma and emotional trauma, energetic trauma, 
associated with a lot of the medical interventions that some of these kids need. And they'll hold that and carry that in their bodies. And I believe also because these children are here to bring so much more love and patience and presence to the planet, that they oftentimes will do a little bit too much proxying and carrying of their mm-hmm. yeah. usually moms, usually moms' emotional stuff, but they can also be carrying or bringing in stuff, you know, from any environment that they're in. And I know I've seen my son do that frequently. And so learning to recognize these tendencies and provide tools and strategies to help kids offload energy off of their meridians that's not theirs, stuff to help balance the chakra system, help them start to name and process emotions with something simple like tapping or blowing out dragon breath, just little fun things that can help shift their energy and bring them back into a more harmonious place so that they can thrive and Mm -hmm. be healthy and full of vitality and fulfill their soul mission while they're here. Mm, That's beautiful. Well, you know, what you've talked about really uh, matches well with with my sense of I didn't have a lot of these children in my office, and usually they showed up because their parents had the wherewithal to go, hey, I don't want to do a bunch of drugs for my kids. I think there's another option. How can you help me, right? And so it's a little bit of trial and error, but I also felt like there was nothing, like, truly like wrong with the children it was like they were I know we call them special needs I mean they have different names right instead of disabilities or handicapped or whatever you used to call them when I was young um, yeah. and, and truly I felt like they were gifted you know because they were so empathic and sensitive and the world itself did not cater to or support these types but at the same time like you said I felt like vibrationally they had a very special role to play yes in our yeah. reality, instead of trying to necessarily, you know, fix something that's broken, it's more like, well, how do we optimize what, you know, they're, what they're doing and their being by, you know, having these tools and support systems so they can really thrive. Um, and yeah, a lot of them get poked and prodded and blah, 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 you know, just part of their biology needed to go through that. Uh, so I really love um, what you're talking about here. Uh, can you share with us maybe a couple of, you know, uh, maybe the simpler energy healing techniques, how, what you would teach to parents to teach their children? Yeah, one of the things I teach and have a YouTube video up is just something simple called the spinal flush and zip up. It's just sweeping off the meridians of the body. So you start with the back, the back of the head, and you just sweep down the spine four, five, six times, just imagining that any energy stored on that meridian is just being swept off. And then we go to the front of the body at the groin, at the pubic bone, and then zip up the energy to the bottom lip following that meridian. So I often recommend that one to start at the beginning of the day once they wake up in case they've been doing any healing for the planet while they were sleeping. (laughs) We want to make sure their energy field is nice and sovereign and ready to go as they go forward in their day. And if they are going somewhere like to school or to different therapy appointments, 
when they get home or even in between if you need to, just repeating that exercise so that any energy that they may be picked up along the way from whatever their day brought, we can clear that out and get them back into their own energy body. So that's one way that we do that very simply. I like to teach kids about pretending they're, you know, that they have, that they are part of a tree and that they send their roots down to the center of the earth and connect with the crystal core of the earth and they pull this rainbow energy up into their body and we'll do like a, just like a guided visualization going through the traditional chakras and then connecting up through the crown and connecting with the sun and just pulling in all this light into their body and guiding them that this light is permeating every part of their being, healing, rejuvenating, down to the DNA level. So that's another technique. What's nice about energy healing is kids tend to pick it up very quickly and are very receptive to it. And many times it yields some type of result pretty quickly. So that's very nice. So even if you're not sure... Like with Down syndrome, sometimes we're just not sure if our child from a cognitive level is understanding what we're saying. And if I say, you know, picture or imagine a beautiful ball of energy, you know, they may not be able to tell us if they understand that or see that. But Mm -hmm. that's also okay because Mm -hmm. I believe we're speaking to also, you know, the higher levels of their consciousness and their being, and at some level, soul level, higher self, is going to understand what we're doing with them and mm-hmm. respond accordingly. And I know there's been so many times where I've tried different energy healing techniques with Connor, and Connor's very verbal for someone who has Down syndrome. So he can give me some feedback, <laughs> and there'll be times where, I don't, I'm like, I don't know if he's getting this at all. Connor, do you, do you see this? Connor, do you get this? And he'll say yeah or no, and I'm like, I don't know. But then like the next day, he'll ask me for the same session. Like this, I have this uh, tree chakra meditation visualization that I do. And the first night I tried it with him, he was like, no, I don't like it. Don't want colors. No tree. And I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> and then the next night, now every night after that, he asks me for that. And it took wow. me a little while initially because he, he was like, mom, tree, tree, color tree. And I was like, oh, the tree chakra thing. Okay, so I guess he did like that or decide he liked that after all because now he's requesting it. And we just tried something with him last night. He was at his sister's basketball, end-of-the-season basketball banquet, and some of the girls were playing foosball and scored and then erupted into very loud cheers, which very much bothered Connor, uh, sound sensitivity and maybe just the energy of it. But when I was tucking him in last night, he kept talking about the bad girls, the game, bad girls bad girls in the game and I was like okay Danica what's Connor talking about oh the girls at the foosball table okay so last night we tried doing a a reframing type of meditation Mm -hmm. so I said Connor I want you to picture that moment in time where they've just scored the goal 
and they're just getting ready to yell, and I want you to freeze, freeze that. And he knows about freeze and unfreeze from a cartoon he loves, Bluey. And they play a game on Bluey where they freeze the parents and then unfreeze. So he was totally on board with that. So I said, okay, so freeze that scene in your mind. Freeze those girls. And now I want you to take your imaginary magic wand in your hand and point it to the girls and say, bubbles. And so he said, bubbles. I said, okay, now we're going to unfreeze. And now I want you to picture when the girls start to yell, instead of sound coming out of their mouth, bubbles are coming out of their mouth. And it's, it's, there's no sound, and you're safe, and it's a fun moment in time. Just things like that, things that we often do in adult energy healing techniques, but just bringing it down to a level where kids can connect with it and be empowered by it. I, I kind of feel that working on energy healing for kids has been I love that. Healing, for, healing for me from an inner child perspective. Mm. I feel like I'm really kind of nurturing and healing some inner child stuff by creating and doing these things with Connor. Right. What, did Connor like that? Yeah, you know, we just tried this one last night, this bubble one. So I'm, I'm waiting to hear some feedback on that one. Mm. But sometimes if an event like that happens and he's bothered by it, you know, he'll keep talking about it for a while, mm. you know, as he's trying to process it. And he hasn't mentioned it, so I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that this was a little way to move that through a little bit quicker for him. But just being around here, I mean, Connor knows how to do pendulum alchemy. He can pick up a pendulum and send a command. So that's exciting. He knows how to use oils. He knows about crystals. Um, so he's been very receptive and will often use these things on himself. And I've also seen him use it on others. So really? it's amazing if you teach these kids a couple of things. You know, now they're empowered. And as empathic and energetic, sensitive souls, you know, you know, Dr. Karen, <laughs> that, you know, a big part of that mission is usually involved with helping and supporting and healing. That's why you have a lot of those sensitivity gifts. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. it's beautiful to be able to give kids a couple of different ways, find out what resonates with them, find out what works for them, so that they have a sense of empowerment for themselves and healing themselves, but also so that they have some tools to probably fulfill part of their soul mission in, in helping to heal others in the planet. I love that. I love that perspective. It definitely resonates uh, with me a lot, and which is why we have you on the show today to, to talk about that. Um, now, maybe well, let me just go ahead and share your uh, website again. Again, uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Elizabeth has quite a few different websites. Uh, some are in the works for her new book coming out. We'll talk about that in a sec. So uh, loveandlightalchemy.com. And then uh, you can also um, email her. Um, and that is at um, energy, oh, sorry, experiencehealth at AOL.com. So experiencehealth at AOL.com. Uh, and maybe we can take a pause here, Dr. Elizabeth, and you can let us know like what uh, you were talking about 
a book with me earlier. Can you share what's in the book or what the book's about? Yes, the book uh, is coming out, I believe, in June, and it's a compilation of different authors that are all contributing a chapter all about healing and self-healing. So in my chapter, I talked about the importance of energy healing and learning energy healing and why that is a very powerful form of self-healing. And probably I talked a little bit about using it with kids since that's a very passionate topic of mine. But yeah, that's going to be published by, I believe, Baby Pie Publishing. And I don't remember or don't know the title of the book, but it's coinciding to release with a documentary that's also coming out that features several practitioners, Mm -hmm. including the fabulous Dr. Karen Can is contributing to the documentary. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, so that's The Inside Effects, uh, and I believe the book is going to be called the same thing, uh, theinsideeffects.com, and people can check that out. It's uh, How the Body Heals Itself. And so super excited to hear that, uh, Dr. Elizabeth, that you are part of the book project as well as I am. So we have all these different, uh, you know, aspects, you know, like uh, like different fractals, different like facets of a diamond that we can address. And, and I love how you're helping uh, in this way. And, and um, one thing you said earlier, uh, if you could clarify a little bit, uh, tell us about pendulum alchemy. What's that? Pendulum alchemy is an energy healing technique developed by Dr. Eric Hunter. And it's completely different from other pendulum work where you're using a pendulum to douse. With pendulum alchemy, you're using the pendulum as an energy healing tool in Mm. addition to spoken commands. And the movement of the pendulum, the pendulum releases its own frequency and vibration when you spin it in combination with the spoken word. So it makes what you're doing with the spoken word greatly amplified. It's kind of doing out loud intentions or commands on steroids when you combine it with sending those words out into the universe or wherever you're sending them with the pendulum. So it's a very beautiful technique, very easy to learn. Uh, Kids can learn how to do it very easily. And it's as easy as teaching a kid to just pick up a pendulum and say, send love. Now here's the thing. Many kids, like we've talked about, with different types of disabilities may not be able to speak. And traditionally in pendulum alchemy, we don't recommend that people think commands and send them with the pendulum. But, you know, just spinning a pendulum, especially if you combine it with some type of intention, even if that's just in your mind or coming from your heart, coming from your energy field, is very healing. So even though some children may not be able to speak, it still is a technique I like to teach the parents so the parents can do for their child and with their child. Mm -hmm. And even though kids can't speak, I still feel that they're able to do a lot of healing with pendulum alchemy. They're probably much more telepathic. And (laughs) so I think in a way their unique abilities that they carry in their field kind of override the rules for the rest of us that have to use actual physical right uh, your voice to send the intention i think they're probably better able to send the intention even though they're not able to speak yeah yeah i i truly think some of the newer children 
um, that, that are being born, uh, they label them as having speech delay, but I often will say to parents, well, actually, they're communicating with you telepathically. You're just not really paying attention. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know. And no, I know I feel like, like it's probably one of the things I'm supposed to be figuring out with Connor is how to do more telepathic communication. And I'll just flat out tell him, I'm like, Connor, you know, I'm, I understand, and I'm really trying. You're just going to have to give mom more time. I'm, you know, you would be labeled having a speech delay. I'm telepathically delayed, so we're kind of <laughs> we're even there. So just give me some more time. <laughs> yeah, they said that. Like one of the exercises that one could do is, uh, I mean, of course, it's going one way in this case because uh, otherwise the, the listening piece uh, requires like stillness on our end to be able to see the pictures that they're mm -hmm. sending or the energy or motion, but, but it's possible, right? But it's easier to do it the other way around where we're sending uh, information and that is like to practice, for example, say we've made cookies or something like that and they're in the other room, the cookies are ready, they may or may not know, so then we uh, see in our minds uh, our, what we're saying to them, but also we see in their minds them running to the kitchen to get the cookie. Yeah. You know, and, and how, I mean, the, how happy with, that feels. <laughs> it's, it's interesting when you work with children that have speech issues, um, how much of our world revolves around being able to talk and communicate verbally. Right. And, it's a very slow way of communicating, actually, according to the yeah. off-world beings. But, <laughs> you know, another beautiful, easy thing to do with kids is to get just a real simple Tibetan singing bowl and sit down together, and even if your child can't communicate verbally, you can say, let's, let's send love, and then hit the bowl. And then I just know that at some other level of consciousness of that child, they're doing that exact thing. Connor, you know, being able to speak verbally, he'll do the Tibetan singing bowl, and he'll say, send love to my baseball team and they'll hit the bowl and send love to the cats and hit the Aww. bowl. So he's able to do that technique because he's more verbal. But just because your child isn't verbal doesn't mean you can't just be their voice for them right. and also presume competence and assume that they are likely also sending that energy out to the world just through a different means, just not through their voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Uh, that's fantastic. So can you share with us how you help uh, remotely uh, with, with parents or families uh, when they have children with special needs? Yeah, okay. So I have different facets to my practice. So for some of my patients, what we do is um, after I do an intake and get their history and their labs and all the physical stuff, I will do remote energy testing. I don't typically call it muscle testing because I'm not using the child or a surrogate's muscle. I'm using self-testing most of the time. <laughs> so I just call it energy testing. And it's like if they were here in my clinic, I'm kind of like testing the genes and organs and different chemical pathways and seeing if what they need help from, mainly from a physical, biochemical level. But for me, emotional and energetic often creeps in there because, you know, for example, liver may sh show up as stress, but they may not need a physical remedy for their liver. They may need more of an emotional or energetic intervention. Like I had one kiddo with Down syndrome, and one of his main complaints was insomnia, 
and not being able to sleep. So, you know, I start looking at, okay, is it neurotransmitters? Is it cortisol? Is it blood sugar? Is it magnesium? All this stuff. No, 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 no. Okay, well, what does he need? A crystal. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to tell mom that. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, luckily mom was open and receptive. And I was able to muscle test a list of like seven or eight crystals that tested would be good. But I said, you know what? I want you to take your son into the crystal store and I want you to just tell him, go pick out your crystal. And that's what he did. And she got mm. back to me. He picked, he picked out Celestite. And I was mm. like, of course he did. Of course that he was did. One of the ones on the, well, that was one of the ones on my list that he must have tested for. <laughs> Yay. And he put it on his bed, on his nightstand. And just having that crystal in his field helps him sleep. I love it. And ever since he got that little piece of Celestite, he's been good. So many times, even though I'm working mainly on a biochemical level, uh, the emotional and energetic levels will come in. Many times when I'm testing, I will get that I need to do uh, some type of energy healing session for whatever the physical issues are. So in that case... I may use pendulum alchemy, I may use topican healing, <laughs> I may mm-hmm, use both. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll just, I'll either test it out or I'll just get into that receptive space and start letting their energy field talk to me and direct me on where, what I need to help them with. And for me, it's all about clearing out blocks and resistance so that their own God-given innate healing power can do the work. You know, I'm not forcing anything on them energetically. I'm not trying to manipulate anything. It's more about letting them speak to me and tell me where to go, either with the muscle testing or intuitively. So we might do that. I do have a twice a week remote group healing Four. Right now it's specifically for speech and apraxia where I just tune into the kids' energy field and send them energy. It's not live. There's no, they don't have to be on the computer mm. or anything like that. Okay. Because, I mean, for me as a mom with a child with special needs, uh, most of us are running in so many different directions we don't often have the luxury of being able to stop everything that we're doing, get into a very quiet zen place <laughs> to receive healing. As much as we would all love that, that often is not something we get. So I started doing these remote healings based on what I wanted. <laughs> I was yep. like, boy, I'd sure love it if I could just pay somebody once a month to work on me energetically three times a week without me having to do anything because that's Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now. And so that's how I started both my speech group and then I also currently offer a general remote healing group which doesn't have a specific topic. It's just whatever comes up that week um, and in that session I send support for. But I believe I'm going to be making a change to my speech Um, group. And I'm going to make it more just, I'm going to expand it and make it for Down syndrome. 
because mm-hmm. as much as I – and I'll still continue to work on speech with that because speech is a challenge for all of the kids – But I want to expand what I'm doing for the Down syndrome community with the energy healing, and I feel like I'm at a place where I have more to pull from and draw from, and I can start working more with the chromosomes and harmonizing the genome and just work on all the other things because speech, though, is a significant part. It's a very small part of what a lot of people with Down syndrome are experiencing on a day-to-day basis, and especially with all of the ascension stuff going on and the Mm -hmm. energy on the planet changing so much and all of kind of a lot of the chaos in the world, I want to provide them more support that way versus just only supporting speech. So I believe I'm going to be changing my group and it's just going to be energy healing for Down syndrome and that way I'll be able to work on many, many more things including speech. Wow, that sounds great. That sounds great. And it sounds like you're working on some courses in the future that people can um, learn from you specifically related to how how to teach or how to do energy healing with their children, right? Yes, I definitely. We're going to be coming out with a energy easy energy healing for kids course mm. and an easy energy healing course, which will be. I mean, the easy energy healing for kids. I'm just so excited about because I feel like it just has so many applications. And easy energy healing I'm also excited about. I feel like we're at a place right now where people are really beginning to open their eyes and be more receptive to energy healing. They've seen, especially over the last three years, that uh, the traditional allopathic medical way has largely failed. They're starting to see how much has been manipulated and the censorship seeing doctors that speak out against the common narrative are being censored and shut down. It's been a very big awakening process for a lot of people mm-hmm. and I feel like as they're beginning to realize and see and experience the things of the last three years, you know, they're in a place where they they want to take back their power their freedom and their sovereignty, and that definitely includes with their own health and wellness. They've seen what giving that power away has done, and they're ready Mm -hmm. to take that power back and not be so reliant on the allopathic medical model. So I feel like it's a really amazing time, but I know even for me, sometimes learning new techniques, it's very overwhelming and sometimes I think there's this perception of well I have to have so much more of my own stuff healed before I can even begin (laughs) working on stuff Um, and how do I know what to do and what if I do something wrong and do I have to have a meditation room and and so (laughs) I want to break down kind of and do some myth busting and get rid of all those preconceptions and just teach people a couple of easy ways that they can start doing energy healing. I like giving people a variety of techniques because sometimes you'll find one technique resonates more than the other, just in general. But I also know sometimes depending on the circumstance or the situation, it's nice to be able to draw from different tools. Uh, So I want to give a couple of different, well, more than a couple, but 
variety of techniques that are easy, breaking it down, myth-busting, and let's just get you start tuning into your own innate healing power and helping everybody. Because when you work on yourself and you can work on your children, it elevates all of us. It heals oh, and supports fantastic. all of us. Oh, that's great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, any last words, any last words of wisdom you'd like to share before we end for today, Dr. Elizabeth? Uh, well, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about this. I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> and I love seeing not only the kids, but just everybody kind of open up and blossom as they start to learn more about their own healing abilities and are able to do things for themselves and their pets and the planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, you know, it's just so amazing because these techniques are, they're easy, they can be fun, we need to make it fun. They're powerful. Um, And just, especially with kids with disabilities, for those of you out there listening who don't have a child with a disability, and you are maybe working with kids or encounter a kid, just always presume competence. Remind yourself that they are taking in and understanding way, way more than they can maybe express outward. And to see if you can, you know, be open and receive what they are giving. Mm, Yeah, great advice. Great advice. Thank you so much. So to connect... Everyone, to connect with Dr. Elizabeth Hess, you can go to her website, loveandlightalchemy.com, all one word. Or you can also email her at experiencehealth at AOL.com. And I look forward to the Inside Effects book uh, coming out for both of us and the movie. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Elizabeth. Thank you. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Bye for now and lots of love.